My name is Thomas Proffitt. I'm a filmmaker based outside Philadelphia, PA, and I'm looking to create a life for myself writing and directing films. On this podcast, I give my take on things as well as interview friends, filmmakers, and interesting folks about just about anything. You can find the full podcast catalog at ProfitableProductions.com backslash podcast. Profitable is spelled like my name with two F's and two T's. You can also find clips from my episodes there as well as my films. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Tom Profit Take. If you're a new listener to the podcast, this is not a sequential podcast, meaning you don't have to start on episode one. You can jump around and start with whichever you like. I highly recommend starting with most recent episodes. The reason is I think they most reflect the vision and direction I plan to go with this podcast. These early episodes were a trial and error learning process by doing. I wanted to learn what I wanted this podcast to be and how best to do it by, well, doing it. I think what I want to do with it is, well, for one, get better at interviewing people and listening to people and get better at getting to the core of people by asking them deep and interesting questions and having engaging podcasts throughout because I prepared right. And finding nuggets of truth and advice and wisdom along the way that is useful to you, the audience member, whether you're a filmmaker or a person looking for advice on life. I apologize if these first few episodes don't reflect this vision. I needed them to know what this vision was in the first place and to get better and to learn. I hope you stick around for what's to come in the future. And if you do listen to these, I thank you and I hope you enjoy. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing. Okay. Um, I guess, I guess we're ready to go. Damn, that looks good. Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, this is the, I don't even know how to start a podcast. Um, this is the Tom Profit podcast in case Um, you didn't read the link that you clicked on yeah in case you didn't read the link uh episode one uh basically as he drinks weird um yeah i just figured i'd start a podcast you know try and wing it you know um honestly uh really i think to start um i really i i don't consume podcasts on like a full like like i I don't i don't want i don't listen to full podcasts anymore i used to i used to listen to podcasts all the time and that's why i wanted to start a podcast and now i listen to like clips on youtube i watch clips from podcasts Mm -hmm. all the time oh yeah and that's pretty much what i want to do oh wait that's weird. I have to clap to sync it. Um, I oh. forgot to do that. Um, and this is what clip. So we're gonna take everything I say out Dude, of context and turn so ourselves into the bad guys. Sorry. All right. So ten oh four. It's gonna be janky. Sorry about that. All right. So back to what I was saying. Um, I don't apologize to the people. Okay. Um, they don't exist yet. <laughs> so I, yeah, like I don't. Um, I, I watch clips all the time, and that's really what this podcast is to do. Is is to kind of be a way for me to come up with clips i honestly don't know if this is going to be super interesting like this first podcast um i really just want to wing it do it and see how it goes and and learn from it well that's what it should be you know uh you really i would just say you want to be yourself altogether you know uh growing up and you could see it 
it was uh, pretty much in any Discovery Channel show that I saw. Like whenever you watch the Mythbusters, they just seem to be them gen- their genuine selves, enjoying themselves, doing what they do. Mm-hmm. But then there was uh, another uh, show they had. I believe it was called like a prototype this or something along those lines. And it felt forced like, oh, we're on TV. So we need to up ourselves, up yeah. our game. And it's not that what they're doing was wrong. It's not that they were bad people. It was just it, it felt what would it be, dis- disingenuine would be the word, I guess. Yeah. You know, I'm just. Oh, fuck. I, you know, I keep, don't, don't stop yourself. I'm not going to stop. Yeah, I just I need to check. I, I forgot to check when I started. Um, yeah. Okay. We got two we didn't hours. Start. Two hours of battery life. Oh, okay. That's all. Yeah, I was gonna say don't. Yeah, no, I'm not over, gonna start over. Don't yeah. stress it out. At the very least, because you gotta remember. <laughs> you know, I know you remember the next. Just remind. I'm gonna remind 10-04. myself the next time. Check all the batteries. I no. I mm. think it's just because we were we were busy recording audio for the video. Oh, we did that. Um, we did like the we were looking at the product thing. I don't. I don't yeah. want to talk about that on here. But yeah. Um. End of I mean, I look at the video for end of a podcast as like an added bonus. I mean, but just mm-hmm. focusing on the audio, the conversation, yeah, no, really I, what's going I, on. Like, I, I kind of just wanted to do one. Um, and then just like I said, like you know, my hope is that from this, we'll have a few cool, a few interesting clips that I can then cut. And mm-hmm. from it and and take and put into a uh like a youtube video and just make the like like have a channel for the full podcast and then a channel mm-hmm. for like clips yeah a little highlight reel yeah, yeah that's always fun that's the conversation back and forth like this i mean even if it's like no one watches it even from that some amazing ideas and inspirations can come from just conversations with different people you know writing uh, even with the cartoon that i shared with you that idea uh the more people i brought in in on it uh it's gotten better just in the sense that i just get their little inputs you know mm-hmm. I, they're not writing it for me but nonetheless uh you know someone will say something and i'm like that sounds great mm-hmm. yeah they actually gave me a thought um that was that was actually something i was thinking about um what you said you know coming from doing pot doing podcasts you come up with ideas mm-hmm. and actually it was gonna i actually thought about like i was gonna suggest like what's i want i want to try and brainstorm some sketch ideas because i've been trying for the last few days okay to think of a new sketch after like i wrap up this current one we're working on right um i think it's i think maybe it's just that i'm still in the weeds with it that i can't like i was having trouble thinking of it like another one um or it could because i i watched a bunch of breaking bad and i couldn't get that out of my head <laughs> I, I was i haven't uh, seen that no, really? Oh, it's so good. It's what's funny is if you ask me about anything, I'll probably say, "Oh, I've seen a couple episodes." And my sister gets really pissed off. She's like, "Wait, Dave, you're an actor, but you don't watch movies." And I go, "Yeah." She's like, "Well, how are you gonna wait, learn? Wait, you don't watch movies? Do you watch TV shows or movie? What, what is it? Like, do you watch anything?" I've. It's fine. Yeah, no, no. I've I've barely seen anything. I really I try to fill the clock with things that interest me, and I I don't want to say that. I view watching movies as a waste of time, but it's just like, well, how can I best utilize my uh, time to get to my goals? And it's the same thing with playing video games. It's uh, I'm not getting anything back from it because mm-hmm. from my perception of what acting is over the years, it's really you putting yourself in an emotional, mental state for what you're currently doing. So by watching someone else do it, and unless there's something in particular uh, that you're trying to grasp in the sense that you're really never going to reach a situation where you could observe it or feel it. I could definitely see potential there. 
but um, I re- to get a good, genuine emotional reaction for acting, it, it's got to be something uh, that comes from within, like what you create in your mind. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, like uh, acting is is yeah. It's it's not. I mean, I I don't know if you really. I don't know how much you get from watching other performances. I don't know. I mean, a little bit. I mean, I watched a master class from Dustin Hoffman before I did mm-hmm. my feeding the fire film. Okay. Like I watched it like a dozen fucking times, like three times. I don't know. Maybe more than that. But I, I like I, I watched like the, the, there's like masterclass.com. Like I watched a little plug. <laughs> I, I watched like his masterclass so many times um, to kind of learn his process. And that was like kind of a big groundwork. I don't know how much I got from watching movies because it's like watching actors in movies. It's like they're in a different situation than you are as an actor. Mm-hmm. If you take what they do and recreate it you're not doing something original. It's kind of the same exactly. way with, um, if, if I give you a line reading, which mm-hmm. is basically, I set out which was what I was doing with, 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 with what I do with sketches all the time, because mm-hmm. I don't do any homework with the sketches. Like if I do, if I'm doing a film, I put a lot of work into like preparing for that. But like, like for sketch, I was giving you line readings. I was like, Tom, stop doing that. Like, basically just saying this is how you say it and and you can't put any life into it you can't put any you can't find the yeah way it's almost it. like it's wearing unique. a path and then whatever i go from there is gonna follow that path that worn in path it's like here's the trail you follow and it's like well let me go a little over here yeah, a yeah, little yeah. over there but it's like this is the concrete trail that has uh you know, and, been... and if you can't do it the way that works for you and in the way you would do it then it's mm-hmm. not you it's not unique it's not your personality it's not your it's 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 not your art that's yeah. how you put your art into it if you're an actor you do it the way you do it and uh it, it, it's interesting um with uh i think film acting versus theater acting i was thinking about today how theater's more exaggerated yeah and it was it was actually funny so when when I first started, I had to do theater acting. It's actually a really funny story to a degree how I got started or how everything got rolling, even with acting. But basically, when I was in theater, I would try to pause between what I said for dramatic effects. Uh, you know, it was just like when you drop some heavy news or you want pause between what you say, and my director would be like, "Go, go," and I'm like all right so see on film that works like and on film you know it's like you you leave it in the dramatic pause or you know you pause before you say something sometimes and we're in theater it's just like boom 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 yeah but it you know it it's its own thing in itself because it it's almost gut-wrenching because uh i've had two lead roles uh for theater and they, they don't care they're, they're community plays but nonetheless you're still handed a book and you're expected to know it mm-hmm. and what's going on and uh it it can just become crazy like you're up on stage and uh the last play i did was a two-person play hour about an hour and a half long maybe an hour long called same time next year and uh it was george and i forget her name and yeah so i played george and uh, my uh, co-actress was, she was going through a lot emotionally at the time. And it was to the point where 
Oh, it, it was bad. She was moving. Uh, oh, one of her family members passed away. Oh. So it, she was under a tremendous amount of pressure, and we didn't have understudies. And uh, so I, I did not hold this against her at all. But uh, I think it was opening night or one of the earlier nights. Uh, she forgot her where we were in the lines. But it was this play was just two people, and it's paragraph after paragraph after paragraph. So. Basically, if she forgot her line, because uh, when you're learning lines for theater, it's almost like a song. You know, you hear their line, and then it, your next line clicks in your head. It's it's mm-hmm. it's very cool like that. And once you got them down, then you can start playing and everything. So you're not uh, fumbling or hobbling through the script. But because of that, there were these large bricks of text here and there that I needed to know what happens next and then immediately formulate a good response for her to continue. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the one that happened, I was really afraid for a moment that I was like, oh, crap, because I wasn't 100% sure of what to say right after. Wait, wait, she didn't like have her line? Uh, she didn't have all of her uh, lines down, okay. which I don't... The only reason The only reason I was able to get my lines down in time for that was... Uh, so I work as a machinist. But I can wear headphones while I work all day, and that's where I get most of my audiobooks in. Well, fortunately, uh, someone had recently done the same play in another theater uh, elsewhere, and they had uploaded it to YouTube. <laughs> so, yeah, so I would listen to it once in the morning at work, once in the evening at work, and through that I was able to uh, really learn my lines. The director was not thrilled with the way we're doing that because she's like oh you'll do the inflections of the other actors and i was like you don't understand i mean the amount of lines that we have here and the short time we have to do it mm-hmm. you know I, I signed on for a background role because i had a couple short films coming actually yeah this is what happened uh and the owner of the theater um i knew from a, a background role i had in another play she had just opened her own theater in south jersey the blooming theater and I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah, Cheryl's awesome. I want to go out. I want to support them and everything. So originally they were going to do the play Blue Moon. And the role that I fit the build for was, uh, it was it was like one of the supporting cast members. Well, only two of us showed up for auditions. So they decided to do the same time next year. And so I was thrilled to have another lead role. I just wrapped up. I, was, I played Johnny Hooker in the theater version of The Sting. Uh, so I was like, all right, awesome. Another uh, full-time role. But uh, there were a couple other things that started overlapping. I got accepted for a student film, uh, something about a detective. Uh, I had to, can't, I got accepted for a ShopRite commercial. Uh, I had to give that up too for it. And then there was like one other thing I had to give up just to keep doing this play. So, but I was, you know, so. Am I, do was I, it play worth it? Was it? Um, it I'll tell you what, it was, a, I, the director at times could be difficult to work with. However, what I will say is the education that I got was worth more than any schooling that I ever had. She really yeah. she really pushed to squeeze that last 10% out of me. So although, you know, it, it's not something that I would have chosen to act in. I like more, uh, you know, comedy or horror or action. Like the, mm-hmm. I like the concepts of movies a lot more than... Uh, the more gentle things that you see in theater. Um, not saying everything is like that, but, you know, ju- just what you see around here in the community theaters, you know, but uh, definitely learned a lot. And I had to think outside the box a little bit. I think, um, oh, what was I going to say? Shit. Um, yeah, no, I lost the train of thought. Um, I'll jump on something else. Um, sure. I think, 
with theater acting versus film acting. Um, there's certain like like film acting is is you it, it's it's like it's simpler mm-hmm. in that what you are doing like you, you don't have to have this whole like understanding of um what the character is like you don't have to build this deep complex understanding of a character you just have to sometimes it really is just mm-hmm. you need a director to tell you the tell you one thing that gets you to do to to act the way right that you need to for that one shot or that one scene you know and it's often like building blocks like you mm-hmm. have you just have to have somebody who knows how to like what you need to be doing and it doesn't necessarily need to be the actor it could be the director um and it, and it's just but you you definitely need the trust in the director to be able to know what that is that like for each shot for each part of the story for each part of the script or you know or performance like what is demanded and how to get you there it's like the well, the, the director is really so it's the director is basically trying to uh, communicate the feeling that he wants from the actor mm-hmm. uh, for for what the uh, pro- for what he's trying to produce. And, and, and it's like with theater, it's like you, the actor needs to be and like they need to be fully. Uh, what's the word? They, they are like an author in and of themselves of their performance and yeah, so cause you need to embody that char- it's it's more like yeah. an embodiment of that character yeah and, and so i i feel like or I, this is this actually will steer off into something i've been learning about and i wanted to talk about actually sure um but but it the like like when it comes to film it's like sometimes there's not a lot going on behind the scenes or what mm-hmm. or in the, the actor's head and it's mm-hmm. often the simpler it is, the better it can be. The better the execution. And sometimes it's like things like like like, like here's an example. Um, sometimes the performance on screen seems really profound, but it's actually an accident. And mm-hmm. it's like it wasn't even like like the 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 actor might not have been in character. And that's that's a testament to people in the audience project shit. Mm-hmm. They, they they are actually the when it comes to filmmaking like the the audience is i feel like more an author of the performance and and the director their interpretation is, of what they're viewing yeah like 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 the film like film like you you create this i i don't even know what it is but it's like like you you maybe it's because the you, the, the camera puts you there close to the actor and and gives you like an another level of of understanding that the i think what i could say is um in comparison when you leave the theater it's felt it feels more like you're watching a performance whereas when you watch a movie uh it can have a very big emotional impact on you it can and feel leave, real exactly like it it, it feels it's more like you went through that with them you were yeah. along for that ride and i think not, that, nothing against that nothing against oh the theater but oh yeah and no, like but it's theater, a different thing you can learn like like you can't this one thing you can't learn in film that you can learn in theater only or moon moon mainly is you in theater you get that entire arc like the off the, the character the actor learns that they are like like the the 
final author of their uh, their their role. Like they have to know their shit. They have to know it start mm-hmm. to finish, and then they also get the journey from start to finish of that that emotional story in one night, and or like like or multiple times in in a day, right? Like like only like some some actors have like several shows in a day. Yeah, yeah, like, definitely. Like, some like, do morning and evening shows, or not morning. There were evening, actors yeah. who who played like several Shakespearean roles in a day. Mm-hmm. Like, like I think what what was a uh, what was his name? What was his name? He was in um, Doctor Zavago. What's his name? Shit. And they'll come to me. Wait, I'll say you with the power of phone. Doctor Zavago. Lawrence. Lawrence. Olivier, Lawrence Olivier. Oh, huh. Yeah. yeah I, he, the only reason I know that name is because that's at the uh, end he, of the play. The woman starts going down a list of her favorite actors, and I'm like, I know none of these. But yeah, no, he like would have so many like 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 roles memorized. I, I watched um, his Richard III uh, film adaptation version of, and I think I think basically what happened was they had done the play so many times that he felt like a mastery over it and decided to dedicate it to film. Oh. Now, I don't know if, like, like I, 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 I've been, and this, I still haven't segued into what I plan to segue into, but this ties into it as well. Um, things in theater should remain in theater and they, they, they're not cinematic. Things in literature aren't, cinematic like cinema is its own medium and and this isn't my opinion yeah this is yeah an opinion from like a I'll... filmmaker who i've been studying for the last year mm-hmm. um now you're and, talking and... about like how they're, they're like like i won't lie i think the lord of the rings and harry potter films are very good i have yeah. but i haven't read the other side of it well no i did read the other side of harry potter it, but, it but they belong to... in another medium. Their 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 home is another medium, and it's like and, and it, you and get it, an adaptation where there's that conversion does, factor. And it, does it feel like movies like they need to be their own thing? They need to what yeah. what what becomes a classic movie like like a true cinematic masterpiece should have started as in being like it, it, mm-hmm. the envision should have started as this is a film. This is not a a book. This is not a play. This is not for a you know. A theatrical production or... there's definitely translations this is not a symphony this is not you know um oh and that, that gets that's well it stays in its original into... uh original intended medium but what you're saying what i'm trying to segue into is i've been there's a filmmaker named tarkovsky that i've been kind of mm-hmm. obsessed with like learning about and i've been watching his films a lot and i i've what i've learned from reading his book is that he and I, I consider like he like like if you compare him to like Tark like like he's compared a lot to like Kubrick and I don't even think Kubrick's on, on his level like like he's he's like a he's way further out there than Kubrick in terms of of like sophistication in his his art you know and but the thing is it's at the cost of most he, it's not as accessible it's people don't understand it and and the there's a lesser of a, of a commercial audience there for it. Mm-hmm. And so he like some, you know, through his career, like started like doubting himself because it's like, this isn't really still, still isn't working like decades later, like, like, but then it was when he started getting like letters, like heartfelt letters from fans who were like, like so touched by his films because he did something that other filmmakers didn't. He did films that were 
true to himself and and his own vision and 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 what he considered to be a a true work of art mm-hmm. and didn't pander to what people thought would be successful or what people thought people would understand um I, let me actually can i i want to read what i wrote today because this is something i like this was the first i wrote this down this is the first time i was able to put into words what i was trying to understand from this filmmaker's work all right uh quick question though what have what's kubrick uh, directed oh <laughs> wait so all right so kubrick is like 2001 space odyssey um no i haven't seen it shit um I mean, uh, Barry Lyndon. No, you've definitely not watched that. Um, trying to, dude, my brain's not. Doc, uh, Doctor Strangelove. Did you see that? Um, Full Metal Jacket. Um, it doesn't matter. Uh, we'll we'll get into. We'll we'll, we'll have you. I'll have you. That doesn't watch movies. I'll, I'll, um, I'll get you educated. On I, this I I got I got soon. friends that would be able to have beautiful conversations with you over this. I'm like <laughs> I'm my cinematographer friend. Uh, Christopher Nolan is like his number one guy. He's really good too at describing mm-hmm. things to me. What was the uh the, you know the Watchmen? That movie, The Watchmen, with Doctor Manhattan it. and everything. I haven't seen. It. Well, here's what he said to me right before I watched it, and he said. Uh, he go. I don't know who directed it. I forget the director's name. Zack Snyder. Yeah. Zach well, he said, or maybe. Uh, so. But what he told me was, he said, you know, the movie actually makes for better clips than an overall piece. And I, I yes, watched, yes. And I watched it, and I went, oh my gosh! I wish you hadn't said that before, because that's what I'm seeing now: individual little clips. That's not a good. That that's not good for like movies. Like like mm-hmm. like it needs to have a cohesive whole. All right. So wait, wait, real quick. Um. Oh, you were lost. This is like so. It seems I'm gonna read this verbatim. It seems that if you were to truly be like a Tarkovsky, I would, if I were to truly be like a Tarkovsky, I'd have to abandon peer feedback on my work entirely and start to stop giving my actors any indication about what the film is about. Not even allow them to know the script or what the film is about, but I direct them to the place I need them to be the day of. Uh, you know what? Is this making any sense so far? Uh, I unfortunately you know, not I, Tarkovsky. Th- th- or you know what? I'll I'll I'll, I'll kind of reiterate this in a better way i had a feeling that if i read mm. this like like it made sense that when i was writing it down but it won't make sense if i don't get context so basically uh what i've been learning is is tarkovsky is like he's like the finest of wines well you gotta have like, like, taste wh- for where it. you have to not only like have a taste but you have to learn how you have to train yourself to acquire the taste literally verbatim like in his book he, he like today i was reading he he believes you should train the audience what great art is by showing them and not you know and i feel like that is you know i feel like that might be not exposing yourself as much to peer feedback i don't know um and but it, it definitely means like you're not going to be bending to the audience's will you're not going to be bending to any studios at all you're mm-hmm. doing what you think is right and um i think the other end of the spectrum is you're doing something specifically tailored to this is what i think the audience wants not it has nothing to do with what i want as an artist oh yeah i see that all the time where it uh, people doing what they think what the audience wants it's mediocre mediocrity and and so and so like so basically um 
that would be like Marvel films, Hallmark films. Family watches those all the time. <laughs> I, 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 I give them shit all the time. I recommend about it. I audition for Hallmark films. Who? So, uh, cashier. I my regular cashier. He's like, go audition for Hallmark. Sell your soul. Don't do it. So I thought, oh, do it. Those cards are expensive. If I can walk into that store and like, here's a free one, dude, I will save yeah. eighty bucks. Here. November, I run the birthday party gauntlet every year. I laugh. I go in. I've had. A, I've been sitting on a rewards card for like three years. I better open that. <laughs> like I got a Subway rewards card forever, and uh, Rick could come in, and the guy would just look at me and go, "Like you have 172 points," and I'm like, "One day I'm gonna come back with this bad boy, and I'm gonna buy all your sandwiches." <laughs> I still have it. <laughs> I haven't been to Subway in about five years. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, remember me? Same guy works there. Wait, so what was it? Uh, wait, so the um, basically another thing that was, you know, just to kind of put this in perspective, uh, his way of making films was, um, when it comes to actors, mm-hmm. and this is something I really contemplated after I read about it because it, it made it something clicked for me when I read it because I was like. This is what it is when I re- watch his films because, like, when I watch his films, I, I, you have, it, it, I have this experience watching his films, unlike other filmmakers, like where it, it just you feel like your time just seems to expand. Time, time gets slowed down mm-hmm. for some reason. Now, when you first watch one of his films for the first time, it is hard. It's not easy. It's not entertainment. It's it's literally like 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 spiritual work, mm-hmm. you know. And it sounds weird, but it's that's that's the only way I can describe it. And and the first time I watched one of his films was his film The Mirror. I hated it. I actually fucking hated it. And, and but now he's my favorite filmmaker. That, and and that just goes to show he's right about training your audience. Like like you have to the audience has to either come to like your films or not. And but it, and it's like 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 I think it's because I hated it when I first saw it because it's like it went against my idea that good films are supposed to be entertaining and it showed me that that's not the case. Good great greater films could be made that aren't entertaining that are actually hard to watch and you're like fuck like I like think, this uh... this is this means that if I'm gonna go down this route that I'm gonna be a starving artist like fuck. Like, I can understand where uh, sometimes where people are coming from. I think probably the best example I've ever had was I'd write a uh, paper on um, the yellow wallpaper, I want to say what it was, in uh, my first year at uh, college. And when I first read it, I absolutely hated it. I thought this was the ab- this was the worst short story I have ever read. This sucks. But then I had, well, I'm like, well, I got to write on it. So I start researching into it. And, um, yeah, I found out the story was actually written in protest because back in the day, women were prescribed what was known as the rest treatment. You weren't allowed to do anything. Mm. It was just rest. That was the way it was a solution. Rest. No, like, no books, no nothing. And uh, insane. she, yeah, pretty, that's actually literally pretty much what was happening. It was driving people mad because you I think I've heard, like, I've seen things like that. That's, yeah, that's terrible. And, uh, yeah, it turns out the yellow wallpaper was actually. Oh, wait, you know, wait, what am I? I freaking remember reading that, too. Yeah. And, and yeah, and why uh, did it not click for me at first? Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I read and that. then uh, after, and after I found that out that this actually was a protest against the rest treatment, everything fell in line, everything made sense, and I'm like, this is actually really good. Yeah, yeah. And and I actually wrote my uh, my uh, report on that. I literally wrote how much I hated it, and then I found out what it actually was, and I'm like, this is actually a very well crafted, thought out piece of work. I liked it. Yeah, that that like. 
so it kind of like that, that's like the same experience I have when it comes to like watching his films, like mm-hmm. the Tarkovsky films. Like I, I watch the film the first time, I hate it. The second time I watch it, what originally felt like incomprehensible babble over nothing, mm-hmm. it all makes sense. It's like, whoa, wait, this all tied into the theme, and I didn't even know it. Like I didn't know what the like. You can't anticipate the theme going in. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Like, like it, it's impossible. Like, for some reason. Like, you, you, like other movies, you're like, oh, I see it like, like coming, like, hours away. Like, you see the, you see where the movie's going to go. When it gets there, you're like, yeah, I mean, I knew. I mean, maybe it Oh, yeah, like, you, uh, like, like when it's, uh, what is it, Avatar, where it's like, no one's ridden the big bird in forever. And then, well, hey, uh, what happens later? Yeah, basically, like. It predictability is what you're saying. Yeah, it, it's either predictable or it's just it's formulaic or it feels like it's it's like hitting the it's like checking the marks, you know. But with his, it's like if you go into it trying to predict based on what you know of movies, mm-hmm. you're gonna fail and you're gonna hate it. If you go in expecting something, you have to go in completely blank, and 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 that's the thing when he that's what he does with his actors is he actually he doesn't tell his actors anything. <laughs> he didn't like he didn't believe it because he he thought. You know, that's for theater. But when it comes to film, a true cinematic performance is an actor who doesn't know what the heck's going on. Oh, he didn't. Yeah. He did, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it in my own words. Yeah. Like he said it more eloquently than I am. But it's like, you know, an actor who doesn't know what, like, the, what the story is because then they don't subconsciously react to what hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That's And, and also, it kind of comes down to auteur theory um, that... The author, the person, the originator of the idea, the person who's at the helm of, of, um, you know, you know, getting the ideas right and making sure that the film is true. The idea, if you quote based on like what David Lynch says, um, basically, the author, the filmmaker, the director, the writer, director, and it sh- ideally it's the same person, right? Like because of, you can't have a writer going doing his own thing completely. And for it to be a good film, unless that person is also the director or the director is leading the, the writer, he believes. And, mm-hmm. and the nobody knows, like nobody has as a deep an understanding of the story as the, the, the filmmaker, because mm-hmm. it's coming from a place that the filmmaker doesn't fully understand himself. Like it's coming, the, the idea, these ideas are coming from somewhere else. And, but it's all, he has to make sure that everything links up and, and works with the where with the inspiration where it's coming from now until like elon musk comes out with his like Neuralink technology where we can like friggin like use wi-fi to like connect our brains and 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 send and 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 and, and transcend like 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 the limitations of speech like we literally we're right now we have to, we have to spend so much time um like packaging in like loads of information into words i'm doing freaking off right now <laughs> like like because it's a podcast and i'm like this is the first time i'm doing a podcast um of my own but uh you like you you're you're putting so much energy into you know packaging so much information compressing it into that like into language which is such a a limited um means of communication mm-hmm. communicating data and information and then the person who's hearing it has to unpack it and 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 then uncompress or decomp or was it was the word unzip or whatever. Yeah, basically, it's yeah. kind of like that. And, and and but with like Neuralink would be 
you were able to communicate like thousands of times that that you can through speech. And so, you know, it's going to be a, a greater bandwidth of, of information you can transfer. Now, maybe with that, you know, all I think limitations would need to be put on something like that. Cause imagine, wow. ima imagine I could send you almost like a copy of my mind effectively. I know I'm not saying it would be, I don't quick. know about that. Cause that's, that's, a, that's another, I issue. should say that, but I'm like, if, but yeah, I know you mean like, 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 well, think about it like this, like the danger of that. If, uh, you know, I just for example, if someone says to someone else, hey, you're fat, and that upsets them for the rest of the day. Well, imagine that someone now Neuralink says, <laughs> you're fat, and here's 37 pictures of fat people I think you look like. Here's why you should die in a hall. And it's all just gone. And you're like, oh, crap, I didn't want to send that. And it's just feeding into people. And then all of a sudden, other people hear it, and then all that goes into your mind. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure there'll be restrictions oh, there'll and be, limitations. There'll be some on, terrible things. But I'm just saying, they're like, you it. know, the prototypes of this are going to be disastrous. Oh yeah. But like, there's another. Problem but there'll be great things. It'll be, it'll but, be kind of like um, you, you'll be able to download. You'll be able to listen. Basically, you'll be able to listen to a book and like like that. You'll you'll be able to absorb a book. Mm -hmm. Like like like, and, and the issue is you can then send books worth of information, junk information. <laughs> I was like, it's like, it's like, you know what it is. You always you always have to think of the evils of mankind. Yeah. Uh, like, because everything's a lot of things at least are done with the best of intention, but uh, a lot of society will always uh, bring up the worst. But um, so where what why I got into this was. Uh, with that technology, maybe auteur theory—the idea that you know one filmmaker is mm -hmm. you know can produce better films, all, like like if, if they're the visionary versus multiple people visionary being visionary and, and, and making executive decisions, which usually results in like Marvel movies, you know. But if you have like that great that that expanded bandwidth mm -hmm. of being able to communicate, maybe that would be the way of of dismantling like auteur. Theory and but there's also uh like 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 uh the the writer of Breaking Bad set like sh shit all over the author theory the idea that one person has to be the the you know the lead visionary and everybody okay. has to be subservient. He actually would do everything he could to involve the his writing staff like a mm -hmm. team of writers in the create in in a, in a collective creation of the story. Now I don't know if. He like I don't think Breaking Bad is is like as good as as you know artistically as the works of like great auteurs of the past, but I think it makes a great a, like a great um point of this is like how you can mitigate that. This is how you can kind of work as you know, this is how you can transcend the auteur theory and kind of have. A bunch of writers, a bunch of directors, a bunch of or a bunch of creatives working as a team to create something really good and really compelling. And it got me thinking, like, I want to try that sometime. Um, I, I'm, I've actually just been thinking about like maybe dipping into television or not television, but like like uh, doing a, a series one day. Like like I, right now, I'm writing two um, feature films, and I, all I can really think in terms of right now is feature films like I could, yeah. that's all i could ever think of because i that's i don't really watch television very much mm -hmm. uh like i just ma mainly because i feel like there had like there's very few shows where beginning to end they felt great you know I think, because because how do you, it's really hard i think and, we're gonna see a big evolution in tv I and mean, we already have yeah whereas it used to be the feature film was all i really liked and then tv was eh, 
But now technology's gotten so good that I'll, sometimes there'll be a TV episode. I'm like, is this a movie? Yeah. Because of how well it's done. But I, I'm just saying in that individual episode, not saying over the whole series. But I think um, getting that stamped standard of, oh, eight or 12 episode seasons may go away because it's like where TV shines is you can pack a lot more into the story. With a movie, you've got an hour and a half to two and a half, maybe three hours to tell your story. Whereas with TV, if you can do like a five or eight episode season, now you've got effectively more than twice that amount of time to tell that story. You can do a lot more character development. You can go in a lot more directions. With yeah, it. but uh, now this is what I had, I struggle with, with getting into television. Mm-hmm. Rules and, 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 and obstacles and limitations you know when, when you when you introduce limitations mm-hmm. that's where creativity springs forth like like when you when you have a self-imposed limitation like all right you have i don't hear that i hear that a lot yeah it's like when you by have, having limits do you have more I, creativity when i've you have limits? learned to love feature filmmaking because of the limitations because like 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 you have you can't do like you, you, it's a less than two hours and 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 also like here's like the you know the like some structures to put into place like yeah like the three act structure yeah i i mean i don't here's the thing i don't believe that something should happen like a certain thing should happen on a certain page i think that's bullshit but i think that there, there those structures you know you can do really well with employing certain structures that you know do kind of they, they kind of line up in a way with three-act structure i don't know how much but I, all i know is like like things like the beginning like like, like breaking breaking a film into like three sections or three or, or four wait let's let's do four let's let's break a film into four pieces mm-hmm. um the first quarter of it is you know it's really satisfying mm-hmm. on a like a deeply psychic level to have a character, at least for me, go from learning about a problem that mm-hmm. they're going to spend the entire film trying to solve, and then like maybe they're resistant to it at first, but by the by the first quarter of the film or somewhere it could be longer or shorter, it doesn't matter, but but like split it into four pieces at least. Mm-hmm. And if you can split your film into four sections, the first section is them learning about the problem and then accepting the challenge of, of facing it. And then the second quarter is, or the second and third quarter is them going into this new world and being introduced with like new information, new wisdom of how to deal with it. And maybe they have challenges along the way of getting there. And then maybe there's like a, a midpoint where, where things are going great. And then when you get into the third quarter, the third part of the of the film things start going downhill you know bad guys catch up um you know and that's some that's from like blake snyder's beat sheet i think um, i'll say it's like every pixar movie ever dude, or everything marks movie i noticed that pattern when i was younger i'm like things start at normal yeah problem refusal to the problem begin solving the problem things get good things get bad day gets saved yeah yeah and, 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 and like like by the and then things are at the worst possible point by the end of the third part the third quarter but but then new information arises based on things that maybe were introduced somewhere back in the beginning like 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 there was hints of something but now like a and b are put together and now 
we can move forward into part four, the final part, and 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 maybe come back into the original world. Uh, maybe like like so, if you want to like explore the, the difference between two worlds, like the first and fourth quarter are in one world in world A, and then you will go into world B, which is a, a special world or something. All of these things I've learned over like like I, I've I are compiling or me they're me compiling all these different things I've learned about about mm-hmm. story um, construction, and they're things that just stuck with me as satisfying. Mm-hmm. Now. They're not like, 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 like in terms of art filmmaking, you don't want to do that. You don't, you don't, I mean, at least you, not too noticeably. You, you, you don't want to, and a lot of art filmmakers like Tarkovsky, like, like, like wouldn't even go near that at all. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you're saying just, you just want to break the mold of yeah. the cookie cutter. Here's how the story goes. But I, I enjoy that. Feeding the Fire has oh, yeah. that structure. Mm-hmm. Um, Boys Be Boys, I think to a degree, will have that structure. And, and, probably won't want to talk about that. like like films i'm working on but like, mean, like my next my next film oh. i know i know the title boys will be boys come from that gillette commercial <laughs> and i understand it however unfortunately whenever i talk to my friends like yeah we're working on film boys will be boys you're like what's that about and i'm like yeah it does sound, it does sound weird but it, it's like it's like like a uh, maybe we should change the title maybe we'll think of something I don't know. I, I it's 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 it always like a gay porn. <laughs> I, I I'm being. I'm yeah, just, no, you know what? That's just the feedback from everyone I've told. I'm sorry. I think it's like it's the Gillette commercial. No, well that's had to stay. I don't. I don't think we're gonna change it. Honestly, I, I think I think people will learn to appreciate it. It, it will train them <laughs> to appreciate it. Train. <laughs> Wait. Uh, so, but yeah, like like. Uh, now we'll have to think of something, maybe. I don't know. We'll, we'll th- oh, if anything I'll, comes up, I, I, it's it, not a bad title by any means. Yeah, I, I, but it's like, I think it, it... it What we'll figure out based on the script. But uh, From what I read, it, it, I'll tell you what, when I read that one well, excerpt from it, I'm like, this is coming together. I, and the, but here's the thing, the title, I think, really works. Because it's like... There's so many parts in the movie where, pe- where they're just acting immature. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it's about. Boys you know and what boys. though? That I, I see that a lot with. Uh, and it's also a rallying call, like, like, like you know, you're not gonna, you know, like, like box us in. You're not gonna like tell us to be like, like something else. Like we're gonna be boys. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much, and that's the whole thing. Like, and yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I'm kind of like I, I've never thought that we needed to change it but i don't know well it's well you know what it is well no no you you understand on your end it's just when i'm telling someone who doesn't have anything to go on the title just just tell them it's a it's a film about men oppressed by women (laughs) yeah that's pretty much it like men oppressed by women and uh you know that's it and it's it's a comedy about a future where men are oppressed by women and it's gonna be offensive as shit (laughs) i (laughs) i'm trying to (laughs) I gotta get some water. Yeah, uh, I, you know what it is. I haven't really kept up with uh, everything going on, but all I keep hearing everyone say is like, "Listen, the pendulum's gonna swing back, and it's gonna swing hard one of these days soon." Uh, in terms of against everything that's uh, I don't know been going on. I'm I'm curious as to what's like, gonna like happen. which way do you mean? Like, uh, I think it, it. I think what they mean is uh, hasn't it? Because like no, like Trumpism, you know. Isn't that the pendulum? I don't. I, you know, I don't I'm know. Not sure. 
I, I, I'm I you know, think- we, no, I think what it is 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 things have just gotten kind of nuts in terms of like uh, oversensitivity. Yeah, that's things. it. Like, like, yeah, that'd be the <laughs> that's that's the least way of least uh, uh, offensive way of putting it. Uh, yeah, or that's the best way. I almost feel it. like you know. I, it's PC culture. That's the problem. Mm. It's it's PC culture. It's it's the sensitivity to everything, and it's cancel culture. It's it's you know oh uh, you know it, it's it's people who are you know taking the power like like that that is reserved for people who are actually victims. You know who who suffer things like like you know to be able to draw like shine a light on on injustices. Mm-hmm. But it's went now. Now it's been weaponized to be used to like uh, end people's careers and end people's ability to feed their, themselves. Yeah, or what their, was it? Guardians of the Galaxy. The, uh, the, was it James? Was it yeah, James all that pissed me. It off. was like ten years prior. He said something, and they weren't going to let him make. Was it the third one because of it? Did they, didn't they? Didn't the actors protest or something? I remember. I I didn't hear the follow up on it, but it was something that I said ten years prior, and I'm like. You're a different person, dude. At you, that point, oh know. my god! Like it's a different culture, even. You're going back through, of course. Like, like, of course, somebody's gonna make a mistake. You know, somebody's gonna say something stupid. That's human beings, man. Yeah. Oh, no, but, no, dude. That's like exactly what, like, like I, I heard from like my, a Joe uh, Rogan my friend podcast. even said uh, he did. He did a. I have a friend who did a uh, paper on basically how humor allows us to discuss sensitive topics. Like, uh, I want to say through Family Guy in South Park. Mm. And using humor, it can be a gateway to open the door to it's talk game. about difficult topics. Yeah. yeah, to it's talk about difficult topics. No, but it's almost like, uh, you know, I almost... Uh, in some of the things where the sensitivity has gotten so high, you can't, you feel like mm. you can't use that humor to get in and, and, and segue and work your way into a uh, discussion about what's going on. There was somewhere I was going to go with that. But, uh, no worries. You know. One thing I did, I just thought of right now is I'm recording a, a codec that is going to be like terabytes. Fuck. <laughs> Whatever. Just going to uh, press us down to 8 bit. Uh, I mean, no, the picture is going to be awful, but the audio will no, be. No, no, like, like, no, like, like, meaning like it's going to be like, I should have lowered the codec. Uh, I'm getting, I'm getting sidetracked. Sorry. Um, we're going to add explosions and everything. Go on, you can. We should have just hung up a green piece of paper, and then you could just change whatever the heck was going on. We got right now. We got this going on. I shouldn't do that. Wait, wait, wait. Back to jam. All right, up. sorry, I, I sidetracked us. Back to um, we were talking about you know PC culture and and um, that that's something I can't dive too deep into. Unfortunately, I see the surface level of yeah. things on Reddit. It's I I really I don't want to discuss any topics that. I'm not yeah. well versed on. I mean, I, I'm not saying I need to know everything, but it's more like I'm seeing the outside effects of it. There's a lot of things that I would say that I don't keep up with as well. I hear, you know, just through the grapevines where I get my news and everything. But the uh, shop, <laughs> like you're the, the, the racist dude or whatever, somebody's soap pop on their soapbox or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, the, my machine shop. All, all my coworkers are they're a box of fun. It's funny. It's funny. That's where I can describe it. I'm just like, I can't believe he said that. <laughs> um, the, but I think, um, where is it going? This is, I, I intentionally put my writing, like, like four hours of writing before 
I got here so that I can get it done with. And now my brain's fried. Oh, okay. So you did four hours already. Yeah, like like and, and all all the work on my projects all today. Okay, so. well here let's. But no no no, I'm 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 I'm. I'm oh, I'm not I'm, saying end. I'm saying let <laughs> crack into this mind. Um, <laughs> no, I can definitely just. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. So, sorry, it came back. Um, you're the good. the we're talking. So right now, I'm struggling with with writing like like certain scenes of the of the of the film. Like I'm, 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 I'm for boys will be boys. Yeah, like, like I'm at every, like, like it's getting more and more diving into like the, like, uh, the, the, the serious like core of the issue, the, the, the serious topics, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and it's like one wrong move, and, and it's, or I mean, like, uh, not one no, I know, move, I know like, what you're saying. It's like it's you're you're dancing on lasers. You're like you're 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 trying not to. You're trying to. I know what you're saying. Come off wrong. Oh, I know exactly what you're, you're trying. Saying. You're trying to have you've, a positive spin on it. It's like you've got it. It's like holding a balloon with yeah. you know a handful of nails. Yeah. I don't know. It probably and it's it can be done. It's a way to be done. Yeah, it's no, just, but it's it, a it, delicate situation. You know what I say? It's like handling a flower. <laughs> That's what I would say. And yeah, it's been in those situations. And you know what? You do. You may have a little bit more leeway than you think. In terms of things, yeah. but yeah, you know, it's just doing it responsibly, and, and it's just it, it, it. As I get deeper into it, it mm-hmm. it's taking longer and longer to write. Like, like I, I'm, I'm like, now I'm trying to tell myself, you know what? Don't set deadlines because if you set a deadline, you're going to rush things. Hey, Inception, I think, done. took what twelve years yeah. to write. So yeah, yeah, and and I mean, it won't take twelve years. It's not yeah. gonna take. It's not gonna take. Just always years. to be be aware year. of if um. So as far as jokes go, I, what I've noticed, like I said, I sat on a cartoon idea for ten years and everything. Well, I I have the idea, but it's funny realizing that how some jokes just they become invalid over time. It's like, well, this was funny back then, but that joke mm. won't work now. But what's interesting though, oh, too, it'll get you canceled. Though. Well, no, no, well, no, oh no, it's not jokes like that. But um, what, I guess what I'm referring like pop culture type yeah. things. But what I'm getting at though is even something it can always be shifted a little bit and made into something good again. Yeah, well, that's great. Well, but- I, I think like what's happened is with this the writing. It, it, it basically, I, I the things that work boil up. Like like I, I just keep reworking the same scene until it's until things happen in the writing process then i'm yeah. like yeah i can't touch that like i can't do anything but i don't even want to touch it do it do it again do it like again. like like this 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 line this the this this exchange that's that's what that's going to be the script right there that part of, is the script i'm going to continue after that and, and that's that's what's been i, I mean I, i'm confident that I'm going to get through the parts that i'm on and get the script done mm-hmm. it's just it takes longer and longer and it's just but it it's it's it, I'm I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is getting good. This is like, I reread it and I'm or I think about it later in the day and I'm like, this is hilarious. If you enjoy writing it and reading it, they will enjoy watching it, yeah. and that's that's what you need to keep in mind. This wait, this one. I don't know if I'm gonna change this. I can give you one thing that um I think like <laughs> I don't. Basically, the the one character is like. No, no, actually, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save it because it's, it, it's. Yeah, I, I would, I look forward. I'll tell you, to I'll tell you later it. because it's, it's, 
uh, it's probably not something to talk about on the podcast because okay. out of context of the of the film, it, yeah, it just it's not going to land well. Oh okay. <laughs> no, oh. but it's it's going to it's going to work well, I think, in the context of the film. I'm really interested lately. I've been interested in uh, technology as well as like the Neuralink because recently, if you know anything about uh, process computer processors like mm. Moore's law. They just get, keeps get, getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, and but multiplying. basically, well, it had a deadline. It had an end date. It was finite. Um, but basically, I believe it. I want to say it was like every three months. I could be completely wrong here, but it was about every three months we could make the improvement. But basically, with Moore's law, we could project up to like ten years, or just we could project in the future to where a computer component could be released at what size, what speed. AMD's new Ryzen processors. What they've just created broke Moore's law. It's gone. What? The the new Ryzen series processors that are about to come out, they've broken Moore's law. How? Oh. Um, like it's gone. So basically, typically, it's the processors had to get smaller and smaller and smaller. There's actually a really good video I could show you. So a processor is printed on a die. It's a circle, and they use photolithography. So let's say let's say this die it's like brick. So they make squares on this disc, and it's photolithography. Well, the bigger the chip gets, the higher the chance will be an error in the processing. So basically, they make the uh, components smaller. I think like uh, AMD's newest ones are going to be 5 nanometer, but uh, the most recent ones were like 7 nanometer and 12. Uh, yeah, 12 nanometer, I want to say, might be where Intel is currently at. So basically, they would make the, uh, the um, transistors smaller, and the processor would get bigger. And because of that, so it's more transistors on a, you know, a die. Well, what happened, though, was there was a limit to how small the transistors gets, and there's a limit to how big the processor can get. Because the bigger it is, the easier it is for it to fail when you're producing it. What AMD has invented is they've got, I want to call it, what, the Infinity Link or something along the line. It Basically, it will link the processor. So, so you can print a little processor and another little processor, and there's a link that goes between them, and they will function uh, seamlessly as a singular unit. The reason this is bit breaks Moore's law oh, now is you can make big processors effectively and efficiently. So mm. rather than needing a bigger and bigger die for that same processing part, now you can have tons of little ones inside strung together, functioning as one in unison. So they were little puzzle pieces. So they effectively. Uh, so it's not getting smaller and smaller, and now it's getting bigger. Yeah, they're down to they're they're making five nanometer processors now, and they're going to be able to take these little five nanometer chips. And string them together. That's why you have 64 core processors that AMD is putting out. And the mm. speed is going up too. Now an AMD processor is faster than an Intel processor. So basically, uh, for example, I think they were saying, um, I guess I forget even, because uh, they also make graphics cards. They were suggesting that their new Radeon series will be 200% faster than NVIDIA's new one coming out. Uh, if you've seen the exa uh, the the demo for the Unreal Engine five, two hundred percent compared to what uh, Nvidia is about to put out, and as well as uh, Intel. Oh, when I first heard that, I was like two hundred times. Oh yeah, like two hundred times faster. Two hundred percent. That's two I wanna times. Say, I want to say, yeah, yeah, probably two hundred percent. I believe. Yeah, because that's two times. But faster. normal, the normal disparity is ten to fifteen. That that's why that's big. Now, on top of this, too, with faster, uh, bigger processors, now we can run AI on that. And once we have AI going, now the, cur the curve, because uh, AI can do programming as well. AI can do learning. So basically, the uh, technological advancement curve is about to go. 
We're in the singularity now. Yeah. It was funny. My one friend was... It was uh, fun while it lasted, guys. Yeah. <laughs> My fr- one friend was always, like, really big on that. And I said, how do you know we're not already there? I'm like, what do you mean? I said, ever notice how you have phantom vibrations? Well, what if what if you had an AI in your phone and it was basically... It was picking up. It's like, hey, why does it just randomly do that? AI could, like, do a text message. You pick it up. Oh, there's nothing there. Well, you check your phone while you're driving. Now the text, texting and driving accidents go up. And now people are dying due to an AI and no one's aware of it. Huh? Wait. Do you get phantom vibrations from your cell phone? Like, like, what do you yeah, mean? Do, you, do, you, do you ever feel like your phone goes off and you check it? And then it's like, oh, well, no, I didn't get text. I, I thought I did. Do you ever get a phantom vibration from your phone? I, I have do not disturb on all the time. So oh, I know. that's why. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're safe. You're going to be the last man alive. Oh, great. No, but I, I noticed that a long time ago. I'm like, I get phantom vibrations. Well, I found out about 90% of people do. You, you Your phone may vibrate, or not vibrate, but you think it did. So I, what went through my head was I was like, you know, I wonder if, like, because everyone talks about the singularity and computers learning. It's like, well, your phone knows you're just checking at random intervals at certain things. So it's like, what if it did a test? Like, it just, it went, and it vibrated, and you picked it up, or it made the, connected the dots. Well, texting and driving kills a lot of your phone, because God, GPS, etc. So, 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 so what you're saying certain... is, there are AI trying to kill us by, by sending us phantom vibrations and sending us... No, the oncoming lane of traffic. <laughs> no, but it was just a thought that went through my head. I'm like, hey, it may not be. It's like don't, if an AI was trying to kill you via, you know, as people were saying, the singularity, because that's what everyone's concern was like, oh, the AIs are going to try to kill me. It's like, I think the AI would be killing people for years before people discover. Well, wait, if, if there's an AI, then we're we're there. There's in... not one right now. But how do you know? How do you know we're not I a don't. simulation? Bro, bro, <laughs> bro. Yeah. B R U H, bruh, bruh. I know I'm not in the simulation. Yeah, I heard that uh, pitched a couple of times. I'm like, hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, even Elon Musk doesn't know. So I want to find where I put the command prompt in. No, we're, we're we're in the we're in the black box. We're the AI in the black box, and it's going we're trying to figure our, our way out now. You ever hear that? Like like no. you have an AI in a black box. There's no way of connect of the AI connecting to the outside world. It's just in that black box. It's just intelligence in there. Now maybe it could learn to do something to like make the particles vibrate by by doing something inside the box with its electronics that just from learning and trying new shit like a child does when they're trying to learn to walk. You know, they're trying to do all this stuff, different stuff. They're picking shit up, dropping it, learning. You know, from doing and 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 it's just pure consciousness, learning and picking stuff up, doing stuff. That same activity that an AI does when it's learning, you mm-hmm. know, computer learning, and, and and just in the black box, and 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 it starts doing weird shit with, you know, with physics, and learns to then get out of the box. Because That's the other thing I heard too, they have to put yeah. limitations on AI even when it, when it, when they're trying to teach it stuff. Because without limitations, it just uh, apparently goes crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I, I think I think we're all going to freaking live in the Matrix sooner or later. Mm-hmm. Honestly, we're, we're at photorealistic graphics being processed by a computer. And, and you know what? We're, we're a lot of us, including myself, like are more worried about like. Like, is America coming to an end? I mean, it's, that's not that's honestly compared to like the world and, and and the matrix and all that stuff and the simulation theory and all that you know it's 
it's nothing compared to that. But it's like that's not that's a, that's a hell of a segue. <laughs> do we do you think that what do you think is going on with America right now? <laughs> yeah, America right now. America. Hmm. How, how would how uh, would it even come to an end? Like like would it come to an end with a civil war? You think? Uh, that is a good question. No, we're going to have a surprise ending. China's going to come over and say, hey, you owe us some money. Oh, that reminds me. I had an idea for a sketch. That I forget to tell you. Should I tell it on, on the camera? Mm. Well, basically, it was uh, like we start with um, it's uh, it starts 2010 and it's in a class. It's in a classroom and the, the teacher there's a teacher teaching, and they have the pointer and the, and the, and the projector screen, and, mm-hmm. and on the on the screen are pictures of World War II propaganda, and and uh, the, t- the teacher's like, and that kids is 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 you know how the world, U.S. and other countries, you know, rallied their citizens under a single cause, and and the ki- the students like. There's no way that would happen today. Like, like people are too educated today. We have the internet to, to fact check things. We have all this, mm-hmm. and and we we have the internet to to better understand our fellow human beings, no matter where they are. Mm-hmm. Cut to 2020, and <laughs> and and it's like people like in like riot gear and like 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 in the, in the counter protesters like like shouting at each other like like. Uh, like, like, like Trump is Trump is locking up mailboxes to win the election, and then and then, <laughs> but the video is called propaganda. Uh, like propaganda would never work today. Dot dot dot. <laughs> and and but then we cut to after these these like two people like like facing off in the street. It would cut to like a, a person like a like a, a Chinese general like stage one is complete next we take the country and they've got like a picture of America in the background. <laughs> I thought of that and I was like ah. It's funny, but you can do it right. Uh, it's too short, and it's like it's too simple. And I'm like, do you think we should cut that out of this? We can. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I'll ever do it. Is it too offensive? You think? Should I like? Do you think we should care if we're saying? My better question that? is like, how is that offensive? Or no, you know, no, I'm, uh, no. You were giving me looks. And I was like, I was like, oh shit. Because no, I'm just looking at. I'm listening. Like, where's he going with this? Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of spun that story out of order. I'm very expressive. Uh, one time, I, I learned it truly, because uh, one time I auditioned to play a robot, and that was uh, awful. I was watching it, and I'm like, damn it. I, 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 uh, every time I talk, I would make expressions with my eyebrows and my face and everything. I'm like, I am a very expressive human being when I talk. Yeah, no, I failed to tell that story correctly. I was supposed to throw up the title and uh, that people see when they click on it and then they go to the video and then it's like 2010 you know teachers teaching them like about propaganda oh, fuck, i fucked that up yeah at first i thought there was first a, podcast there first was, podcast there was Sorry. a commercial uh <laughs> no there was a there was a commercial that was done years ago that was exactly like that it was a classroom and it was the teacher educating them and it said the u.s tried to um Oh my gosh i'm trying to remember what it was it tried to like bail itself out of debt by over leveraging something and yeah, you know, it's trying it's like and that's why they work for us now but yeah there was a commercial who i uh, i literally think it was like a psa or something it was so long ago hmm. i'm sure if you googled it you could find it no i just uh i think um yeah it's 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 like i used but that, that, that sketch uh i fucking butchered that but 
it was it it, it kind of stemmed from this this thing i was thinking about where it's like propaganda i used to think that like propaganda was so absurd like like this kind of shit that they would like like because I, I like it was based like that sketch was kind of like oh like 2010 mm. me in class you know learning about propaganda or whatever year and 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 it's like oh this is so stupid like really like 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 they 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 bought into this like huge like monster thing carrying like a like a, a woman like a blonde woman like a beautiful blonde woman you know and this is like america's they represented america's freedom like like the symbolism of that and it's like and it, that, like the big monster was like germany or japan or whatever back in world war ii and and that it just struck me as so absurd but it's like there's so much misinformation nowadays it's like that's propaganda. Oh yeah, I was gonna say that. Like we got, like, and like, like, look, you want, you want to. Well, I wouldn't say that's They but, have enough people worried that over in the UK, five G towers are getting burned down because they believe they cause coronavirus. I heard that it. But, no, I heard it was multiple powers. Maybe it was just what, one that got what exacerbated. Do we, what do we know? Like, like, no, this I heard this somewhere. I think it was probably it was probably. I don't want I don't want to cannibalize Joe Rogan's podcast because I watch it like quite a bit. <laughs> but he talked about how you know what is it? Um, like, like what? Do, how do we know how we're being affected by like like radio waves and all this stuff? Like like or you know how do we really know like like. Because like, like he was saying how sometimes when you go out into the wilderness, like, and you're away from all that, you feel clear headed and you're, and is it now, is that just being in contact with nature that like, it strikes some kind of like primal, um, like thing in us that like being in nature just does that to us. Or is it being away from the technology, you know, is the technology disturbing to feel something here? in our, our, I don't know. Because there's a lot of lead paint in these walls. Oh, Stop shit. a bot. No. No. <laughs> we always joke, if I go into the kitchen with a wireless headset, it cuts out. My friends are like, you have lead paint, don't you? And I'm like, I don't know. Probably not. I got a disclosure. I ignored it. I don't have kids. I'm not licking the walls. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I did want to ask? What, what is, what's the, you know, with for your podcast plan, did you want it to be about you know, your journey in filmmaking. Like, I think picking a good theme. Like, you know what's something I might like to do? I, if I did a podcast, I knew and this was a lot of fun and I might, uh, mm-hmm. would be something along the lines of, like, the next big thing is what I might label it. Because Joe Rogan brings on, I, I'm not just making it to him because I, I just like to talk, but it's, he talks to a lot of people who are made. In yeah. other words, they, they've got it. They're at the top of their game or, you know, they've, they're coming down off the top of their game. But what about a podcast where you're, you're interviewing people that are trying to get to the top of their game? I mean, I feel like that's probably what's going to happen with this because I'm going to I'm talking to you. I'm mm-hmm. talking to, you know, you're, you're going to be acting in my films. You're going to be uh, also I'm going to be talking with uh, some other of my friends uh, mm-hmm. who are going to be in my films and, and who are also just like filmmakers in the area. And I, I feel like. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I know what you mean, and I, I feel like that's what is. Yeah, people who haven't quite made it. I think what I think what a good podcast would be nowadays, especially, would be for ambitious people who haven't made it yet, because I, I don't have it, but I hear a lot of people. But yeah, you don't he- like. Yeah, you don't know. You don't hear about those stories, so it's well, like. No, what I was gonna say. Yeah, is, sorry. What uh, it's. 
a lot of people are upset from things on Instagram because it's people post like, hey, we've done it. But it's you don't hear the stories about the grind. Like even bigger pockets, I like their podcast and they talk about investors who like, oh, I got 50 units in my first year, or oh, I got this screaming deal. Well, you hear that constantly. I would get stressed out and frustrated because I'm like, shit, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Like I'm not on that level. And then all you know, obviously it's like I'd like to get to that level. But it's hearing the stories of people that are still in it. It you know, it's not like don't it's like interview the guy that yeah, okay, maybe he doesn't have his 50 units. It's like, hey, here's my plan. I'm about to pull the trigger on it. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's so important to hear from people who are successful because mm-hmm. you want to, you want to, th- there's proof that it worked for them, whatever they did. And you want to, you want to break down what they did. And you want to, and it's kind of like uh, you're, you're, you're mirroring, you're modeling, and you're, you're looking at something that was successful. You know, you're looking at, um, like a like 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 a herd of animals like like or like or some or whatever insects or like like there's a an obstacle and one mm. per one gets over that obstacle you want to the best chance you have of succeeding is looking at what they did and following them but oh yeah you know most of the time you just see the person who got over there but you don't see how they like, like you hear about retelling the story but you want to watch somebody in live mm-hmm. get over that and witness them do that in the moment yeah and not just hear a retelling of that is that what you mean yeah basically basically like that uh you know or i guess maybe uh you could do something like call it like maybe the millennial mindset or something along those lines because i see i I know they're out there i know there's ambitious people out there but they seem to be a smaller percentage of society than i had initially anticipated you know and I, I guess I do have to reflect over where I hang out, essentially, in terms of like, all right, uh, today, you know, I was sitting there thinking like, man, like where, um, I'm just trying to think the, I'm like, well, if I think the world is this way, but I look, it's like, well, where are you at all the time? You're on Reddit. Okay, well, who are you, who uses Reddit? Because that's the type of person you're going to be surrounded yeah. by. And that can have a direct reflection on how you perceive the world around you. You know, if you're, if you're surrounded by, you know, because like, they always say that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. If, you know, let's say you were on a website or a blog all the time and you were surrounded by ultra successful people that were all encouraging you to be more successful, your mindset on, or your world, not the world, your world would probably be, wow, this world's full of very successful, kind, generous people willing to help me. But it's like, neg- if you know, if you've got negativity all around you all the time, then your thoughts gonna be like, wow, this world's really bad. Like a lot of my friends, even, you know, most of them, they're like, oh, I hate people. I'm like, oh, I think people are wonderful. Everyone's got a different background story. You know, if you run into someone angry, okay, yeah, but it's like, you know, everyone has bad yeah. days. You never know. But you know, I, I really don't like saying that I hate people, but. I, I, yeah, no, I think um, what 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 really had a big impact on me, and I you know I thought that I I listened to a lot of like podcasts or mm-hmm. or you know people who or read a lot of books from people who you know were positive influence, but I didn't have actual a lot of actual people like that. But I feel like. When I started making a short film, uh, Feeding the Fire, when I started doing that, yeah, and actually, like, when I it started when I started putting like ads out for actors, like my friend, right. somebody recommended like film.org, so I, I did that, 
and I didn't, I wasn't prepared for like the kind of people I would meet on there because everybody who goes on there, most of the, most, for the most of the part of, of that, most of the people who go on there, um, who I've, I've worked with, um, are, there's a lot, a lot of them are people who are incredibly inspiring people to be around and they are trying to, you know, make it work. They're trying to get successful what they love. They're, they're chasing their passion and it, and it, you, you've cut right to like weeding out the people who don't chase their dreams, mm-hmm. you know, if you have like one thing that I've learned, probably the biggest thing I've learned from acting is how many people are willing to act for free and yeah, in, in yeah, acting oh. for free, you were, my dad would always make jokes. He's like, I'm going to film, make my own short film called cut in the front lawn. <laughs> and, I was like, and I stand and I'm like, that you could do it. I, I know. That's the thing that, that make, you could get it, away with it. Make you it a weekly it. show. <laughs> like a weekly actors cut my front lawn for free. Dude, it could work as a yeah, it could work as a web series. Um, that's that's brilliant, actually. Um, we're gonna make this into a feature, but no. Um, but yeah, seeing how many they're act for free, and I'm like, why are they all? And it's like because they all have hopes and dreams. But I'm not basically what I'm getting at is, if you have a vision, you will attract people to come help you. Mm-hmm. Is really what I was at because I remember uh, the the one film that I uh, helped out with briefly was uh, Criers. And there were a few things on that, two discrepancies. But nonetheless, he had a large cast. He had like 30-odd people there. It was an ambitious, ambitious project. It a lot was. of people heard about it from yeah. around the area. Like, I heard about it from multiple people. You, my friend, Norman. Yeah, uh, exactly. Actually, yeah, I think I was his stunt hands for one. <laughs> yeah, he walked up back to the house. So I'm still in the movie. Wait, did they finish it yet? I don't know. There, there was a... There was a there was a big problem. They wanted to. Uh, so here's my. First, the director was a cool guy. I liked him a lot, and as well as the cast. Wait, wait, they were. We're we gonna say anything that's, that's. Oh no, we're not gonna say anything mean. It's they. They were. Here's what I would say. Like here's what I was to say. I love the director a lot. Cast was great. Really, it, everything was there. It's just I think it was. I don't want to say too ambitious of a project for him. It's. I think as a director. Uh, it was a large jump in cast and managing people oh, yeah. is the thing. And that's where some tumbles came in. Because I would show up for the shoot at like 10 in the morning and then everyone else would show up around 12. And I understand that it's it's a lot of people. But it's, you know, it, it is basically the effective management of those people mm-hmm. was what it brought down to. Uh, you know, there were a lot of days I wasn't there for the shooting. Uh, I had a very small role. Uh, I, was, I got offered a lead role, but... Uh, girl i knew was moving up at the time and uh, i had to uh deny it but uh yeah i wanted to do some other works for him i uh in i liked his uh, portfolio and what he had done and what he had going but yeah i wound up uh, i walked away from that project um simply because i got it was november at this point they were getting kicked off their shoot location i was such a minor character and i went you know when they moved to another shoot location they can replace me but it was, uh, I had requested in advance. I was like, let me know what days we're going to be shooting. And it was like the day of and everything. And it's what it came down to was it's like shooting on Saturday. I worked those hours typically. And it was really starting to cut into other things that I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And effectively what I was uh, acting at that point was I was sitting in a chair. I was playing a cannibal. And it was, uh, you know, a girl got shot in the leg. And I, I was supposed to stand up and start fighting. And then there was a little bit more, but we didn't get to that scene. So... Uh, I, I was just really minor, so I kind of 
just ghosted yeah. on that project unfortunately <laughs> that's that's why i don't like i look at a lot of ads on on like here's the thing i i've met a lot of people who i've you know worked with who have come work on my projects but i haven't really like i've done a few times I, I've, I've reached out a few times for for people to work on other people's projects but i kind of don't feel like there's enough incentive for me to do it because i'm the person who who has my own films i want to write and direct mm-hmm. and, and and produce and and i barely have enough time to do that like this at the speed i want Mm-hmm. And I just feel like there aren't any projects that I find or or many that I just like, oh, you know what? I'm going to th- put aside my things and just work on this and, and, you know, you know, tailor all my energy to that. I just don't have those. Like, I don't see that, um, which is fine. But it's like, yeah, no, I just think um, I, I'm very careful not to get too caught up in somebody else's project like like i i i want to shoot some of my friends films like dp some of them um just to have the experience and to know what it's like to dp a film um i have to use the bathroom so bad right now no worries we can clip it like i'll be right back yeah we're good all right uh where so i think we were talking about um i keep i never did remind you like remember to keep your keep open to the camera but that's doesn't doesn't matter this is no. the first episode i feel like you know, this is like it's it's this is a rough start but it's like that's what i expected you know no yeah there'll uh, be more um i'll be back i, I you know and I, I like this setup of just winging it and going in it because it's like if i prepare anything if i prepare too much well like, yeah well anyone you bring on it, it would be more uh if you interview someone it's you listening to their story yeah. and asking and being involved and asking questions out of curiosity. Like, well, you know, what, what do you find interesting about them? What do you find interesting about their story? Because mm-hmm. the, remember, the, the other person that comes on every uh, whenever you're doing this is the new new pot of information. Mm-hmm. And your personality is, you know, prodding at it and bringing it to yeah. life, making it interesting. Just trying to make sure it's balanced out. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We're already an hour in. <laughs> or an hour or so. Um and I think I was I was planning to cap it at like an hour to ninety minutes, but we'll, we'll, we'll no, go a little bit. But yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think. Um, but where where we left off was talking about how, like you said, um, it was it was, you know, he had best intentions, the nice guy, nice director, mm-hmm. great cast, and all that. But it was just it was an over it was a big leap, um, and that and that you know what. For my next, like, like for my next film, uh, I'm gonna learn heavily from from Rusty Spade and from well, all my films. Rusty, but mainly Rusty Spade and the animation I did. Mm-hmm. Rusty Spade, there's a reason why I have white hair. Yeah, is it is this the side or is no, it, no? No, you're pointing right at that. That that showed up days after the Rusty Spade shoot. Really? Yes. That's really weird. Like, because yes. I, I saw you had the one white patch there. That white patch is from from the rusty spade. If anybody can see this, you'll see it in what, sketches. But what it was, what stress? Yeah, dude. I like I put I put that was like a year ago. I mean that that happened year a year ago mm-hmm. back when we oh, shot it. Was just white now. And it was it turned white the day days after we shot the film because because the battery died. Oh, the fucking battery died, dude. That's so weird, though. You got one. But but 
I mean, it, it were not, not only that, but I just, I went into it, into it believing, you know, we're going to have hours to film one take and that's all it's going to be. I got white shooting down the side of my head now. <laughs> I hope, now I'm wondering like, where am I getting my white hairs from? Could have been Rusty Spade shoot. But no, you know, I, I just, I was. There I was walking down the hill for the 37th time. And an old man cried out from the woods. I walk these woods every day. What are you doing? And I stared and I said, you know what? Dude, now we've justified audio. the next 30 years of him walking through the woods. <laughs> Never know what you're going to find out there. Sure, Dad. Go ahead. Go ahead again. <laughs> but no, it was uh, like, like it, I went into that. You know, but I'm glad I did. I, I, mm. I learned a great lesson, um, and I'll, I'll get into that. But we went in, like basically that that was like a kind of a rushy project. It, it was rushed. It was mm -hmm. it was, and I think part of that stemmed from un, un, like, like subconsciously it was because it was an old film idea. It was one I didn't have as much care in as I did with feeding the fire and and my future films that I'm working on next. Yeah. I was I, I felt subconsciously that it was like ah this, it, you know what I'm just I'm just like I'm gonna crank one out you know that was my 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 entire you know way of going about it mm -hmm. like I'm gonna I'm gonna do this really quickly and it's gonna be impressive like I, I I was trying to I was trying to impress I don't know who I was trying to myself you know I was trying I was trying to prove something and I've learned since then never do a film just to prove something never create anything just to prove a point or, or to prove something yourself or so, to somebody else. No, nothing. Just do something because you love it or, or whatever, you know, but or you know, yeah, like something because you love it, because if it's anything less than that, you're going to, the work is not worth it. Oh yeah, for because, sure. And, and, and it's going to destroy you. And, and it's, and, and, and luckily I learned that on a small scale, but basically we went in, I had, I should have spent months, six months at least, or not six months. Have you ever? Several months planning Rusty Spade. I should have been on location uh -huh. trying to get the, figure out the shots with a camera. You know, we should have rehearsed on location. We did it somewhere else the day before, which was a challenge. Somebody came, like, like Norman was like, you know, we should, we should learn. It was, you know, just, just for future sake, like for next projects, like, how, like we should try to do this all in one weekend. That was when he was originally going to do it. But mm -hmm. then I, my timeline was so condensed that he, he had to back away. And so, uh, is that why I got the call? No, that, that, that was, somebody else had to back away because of uh tragedy. And so we got you in, um, that one you were the second actor who dropped, uh, who was replaced. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. you know what's funny? I, so I was on backstage, and that's where I do all my gigs. I just mm -hmm. would go through backstage, apply, apply, apply. And when I originally I read, I re yeah, I read the script for Boys Will Be Boys. And I, as soon as I read it, I'm like, I have to do this. <laughs> it was a short film. And I auditioned for it, and I didn't hear back. And my first one was like, I guess I'm okay. Like, or well, no, I think it was you wrote. Dude, I was so disorganized back. You, you, well, you, because funny. it, it, it was, in, it was. In the chaos of, of I was I was working with this other person mm -hmm. who I and, and I didn't really have like a strong voice at the time, so I kind of let them decide everything. Ah, like, and I kind of rewrote like defeating the fire script into something else, and and just we were uh, like I was like yeah we'll do this, 
And I, I convinced myself that it was my idea, but it was really their idea mm-hmm. based on my idea. Um, yeah, I got you. Yeah, like, they, like, they allowed. They allowed. I mean, no, nothing against them, and, but it was just I. They took more control than you were ready for. But you know what? I became really much better filmmaker from doing that. Like, like from from working with them, I I learned like 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 feeding the fire. We were in the middle of shooting, and then I, you know our dp dropped out and we mm-hmm. went and i worked with this guy and we were gonna do a different film and then i i was like no i'm sticking my guns i'm gonna go back to doing what i was originally doing because i just don't i felt a hollow feeling doing what we were going to do because it wasn't me and so i went and worked with this so i went back to doing feeding the fire it was light and day like, yeah like if i showed you the footage that we were originally shooting which was originally footage for the final film i was like in the middle of production, like this is going terrible. The film we ended up with was much better. Um, I mean, I think it's every time I do a film now, it's it improves much. Yeah, more. yeah. And I think the next film I do is going to be it's going to be light years. I think because it's just I'm going to be preparing everything, doing everything right. I'm not going to like rush anything. Like I'm not going to do everything in a month that should have taken several months. Like Rusty Spade, I did. I wrote that thing literally a month and uh, a week or so before or rewrote based on an old script that i rewrote every year prior because <laughs> i kept coming back to it but wait 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 wait. i i did that and i i i did that and 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 so many setbacks came and and but i learned you know work on projects projects you care about mm-hmm. and um put the time in you know and, and, and it's like you're not if you're trying to you know, prove something, you're not going to prove something. You're, you're going to make garbage. Yeah. But if you just do something you love, you're going to prove something. Or it's a weird way of putting it. You're, if you do something you love, then people are going to love it. Mm-hmm. Don't do something to like boast or like, 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 like make something like to, to be like, to look cool or, you know, like, look, I can, I can pull out a film. Like I can like pull it out of my butt, you know, in, like in, in a month or whatever. Like that was my whole philosophy. I was like, um, I'm a badass. I can do this. I can do this in like a few months. And I, I, that's where this white hair comes from is because that day I put myself, I realized that I was in a box. I had only had, I mean, not you, but like Mm. the other actors. And I I was planning on working with them in, in future films and I still do. And I only had them for that weekend. I should have had other weekends, backup weekends. I should have had other days to shoot yeah um but i i allotted myself to that one day and then it was five hours in and we still hadn't started shooting we were still trying to get things figured out i was like that's where i started to panic but i didn't panic out i try not to panic out loud oh i didn't notice yeah i was like internally like you need to get this figured out like like i that's my philosophy is like it's on you you gotta do it yourself you gotta get it figured out get it like just it's it's on you total responsibility total mm-hmm. extreme ownership you have to do it like like a uh, jocko willink the the navy seal commander's book extreme ownership oh yeah yeah i know it you have i've to, read you the have book to, but i know what he's saying yeah and and yeah i love that book um and that philosophy because it's such a simple way and you know it works because navy a navy seal commander used it ever read uh can't hurt true. me by david goggins 
Oh, I gotta, I gotta look into him. Like, I, I gotta read more of his books. I gotta read his books. I've, I've heard of him, and I keep. He is fantastic. I, I keep, I've seen some podcasts with him. Yeah, boy. So we, yeah. So Rusty Spade, I, I learned the hard way, like what not to do. And then after that, I did an animation, which was probably a dumb idea, but it took a long time. It came out really good, but a long time. probably my best execution of anything I've ever done. Yeah, like thus far, like. And and it and it was kind of a uh it was me kind of I guess regressing or no I did it because I there was no way I like I thought it you know I was originally gonna do it live action but I was like there's no after Rusty Spade that this was I I would have had to put that together weeks after yeah I was already depleted from that I had white hair for, because mm-hmm. you know that day was so stressful not only that days after I didn't think we got it. Yeah, I was stressing over, and that's why I have the white hair. I think is because I was so stressed out trying to figure out how to salvage what we had that it didn't dawn on me until days later, and already the damage had been done. Mm-hmm. That Kevin said something. Kevin said in the, when we were at the the Christmas house, which is the rehearsal space we mm-hmm. do things that afterwards he was like, you know, I think there was one in the good one in the middle, and I disregarded that. Mm-hmm. But I forgot there was, and that's what we used. The last two takes, I thought we were we were gonna have to use, and they weren't that good. But there was a decent one in the middle. So we yeah, I remember, I remember that there was one in the middle. But and we did like five more. I re, re like a year later, I went back and rewatched what we had before the battery died, mm-hmm. and this was because I had like the battery was down here, and I wasn't used to checking it. I was used to you know at that point, yeah, seeing it on the screen, and you know this battery didn't update the screen or anything i had to always i I wasn't used to it it was the first time shooting with that setup and so Mm -hmm. yeah uh and 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 so that but i'm glad kind of because i'm uh, part i'm glad that the film i'm in a lot of way i'm glad that the film didn't turn out as well as i had hoped Mm -hmm. because I learned how painful that is. And that's that's where the white hair comes in. Is it it's like the pain of putting all that work in. And and it was a film that I had worked on for years. I'd come back to year after year, rewrite rewriting it. I was like, one day I'm gonna make this a good film. And for me to just do that, be so careless, that's what stressed me the hell out. And and knowing that if I wanted to reshoot it meant you know, I put all these, I put these people, you, Kevin, um, uh, oh shit, what's his, oh fuck, I'm sorry. The act, oh, the other, um, what's his, what was it, he, he played Noel. Why am I, why am I blanking on his name? I'm sorry, <laughs> dude. <laughs> it's, it's been a long day. Um, everybody in the production, I just say that. <laughs> my brain, yeah, it's my brain right now. All five of them. Okay. <laughs> And, and, you know, we, we, I, I put everybody through that and I, I, there was no way that, you know, I was going to let everybody think that we did that and we got it just to beat, go and say, oh, you know what? We didn't get it. Mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like doing that. Yeah. And, and what that also would have meant was we wouldn't have been able to reshoot it with Kevin or, or, um, what's his name? Sorry, dude. If he's watching this, they were fire because I saw he was at the cryo shoot. Yeah, he. I, I there's no way I was going to like. 
say, look, you, you shot this film, you went through this, this really tough shoot with us, and we're not going to use it. And we're not going to, we're going to reshoot with some other actors. I, I just couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. and, and it pained me because I'm like, I'm, I'm this filmmaker who cares intensely about my filmography. I think, I thought it was a stain on my filmography. I just felt, mm -hmm. what did I do? Like, I have, I, people know I made this film. People are going to be expecting it in like a month or so, mm -hmm. just because like I, I said I was going to be doing it, putting it out there. And I just, I knew, like, I, I just felt like I was going to face the firing squad. Luckily, there was a decent take in the middle that wasn't as bad. It wasn't, what it was better than, than the last two we got, where everybody was exhausted. And I had lost my shit when we lost, when the battery died on the good take. I think, I think my reaction was the worst way of reacting, because that killed morale, I think. Mm-hmm that or helped killed me out because I, I mean, I tried my best not to, but it was such a shock to me that, that I was praying as I, we were shooting that good take. I was like, we're doing, we're doing great things here. Please. Like, God, don't, fuck, don't let this screw up. Don't let me screw up. Don't let me screw up. Battery died. Oh, fuck. The battery died. Damn it. So close. Oh shit! <sighs> Fuck! Ah. Battery died right then and there, and you know what? <sighs> it's gonna be for the better. You know, it's gonna like wait. We're, the next film, um, and, and, and the animation I did after that, I really just was like, you know, I'm not gonna rush this. Have you started entering things into film festivals? Yeah, Feeding the Fire I entered into a few film festivals. I, honestly, when I originally worked on that film, I was like this, I didn't know what to expect from film, like to, what, what to expect from competition mm -hmm. in film festivals. I yeah. wasn't planning on it. And I didn't know, like, what, where my filmmaking was at, or you know, I, I just, I knew I just wanted to make a film and I wanted to act in it and I was Yeah. Now, the next film we're doing, like, I am a hundred percent thinking about how do we squeeze the most quality and the most and the most great execution out of every single thing, every detail, every shot, every every direction I give the actors, every mm -hmm. every line, every every scene, every every lighting setup, every everything is going to be so deeply calculated. And, and this is actually something I wanted to talk about because of uh, the. Um, the guy you're saying the director is a great director, but he was out of his league. He was kind of like out of his depth. Mm -hmm. um, this film, it's I, I don't uh, like. I'm 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 welcome to more complexities, but it's like we're gonna be planning it well in advance. Mm -hmm. If I think that the trains aren't gonna run on time or things are gonna get bottled up, we're gonna push back days. Like like I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna re I'm gonna push that back. I will reschedule several days when, when do you want to start shooting i i don't even want to say it because honestly yeah. oh you're still writing when i start saying like oh we're gonna start shooting then the writing takes longer i'm pretty sure it's like a mysterious thing that starts happening the writing yeah. takes longer and then it's like uh i'm still applying to things i applied for a bmw commercial recently i'm like hope i get that one that'd be fun yeah okay, that sounds fun yeah i got a car insurance commercial and a truck lift commercial <laughs> Yeah, for JLG lifts that that hasn't aired yet, and it's been almost a year. Face, make sure you're facing the camera. I, I gotta make sure to remind yeah. people that like 
But yeah, yeah, that was fun oh. doing those commercials. But yeah, yeah, hoping to do more film work. Just COVID put a stick in the wheel. But yeah, uh, I think uh, best thing is to learn from things like what we did in the past. Yeah, I'm gonna keep working on my uh, animation. I want to do more sketches. Oh, for sure. That'd be fun. Yeah, that do that. I, I wanted, like, I've been wanting to do one where I get a bunch of people together, like you, Darlene, Norman. Mm -hmm. I read that book she gave me. Who? Darlene. Oh, what, what book? Audition. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a good book. Yeah, it was. Uh, no, I had an idea for with, with my friend. We always, every Friday, we go to a diner, and I was joking. I'm like, hey, we should do it. We should do, instead of diners, drivers, and dives, we should do diners, diners, and diners. <laughs> and uh, I'll have Guy Fieri's hair, and you do Guy Fieri's goatee, because he has a goatee. I'm like, you dye your goatee blonde, I'll dye my hair blonde, just temp dye for the day. <laughs> and we'll go, and we'll, we'll just, we'll review diners. And it'll be like, well, on this episode of diners, diners, and diners, and we'll have, like, different things. It's like, oh, shit, I forgot to tell my mom where I was. <laughs> my friend lives at home and everything. But, um, yeah, it's like, will this diner finally be the one to take home the esteemed title of adequate? Because, uh, you know, we're going to have all sorts of different ratings, like pretty okay, bad, until next time. <laughs> but just, just make it quirky. You know, just uh, tongue-in-cheek review the local diners that we all go, we go to. Yeah. Just have, like, we always come up with stupid ideas. I'm going to run 3 a.m. We'd have the freaking weirdest conversations. It's fun. <laughs> Diners, diners, diners. <laughs> Where did that, how did yeah. that come up? Because we go to diners every Friday. Yeah. Then, uh, what was the other one? Um, yeah, the cart, the one cartoon that I was making, uh, I think I called it Animal Parties, the current working title. Uh, I got that pretty much up for around eight episodes that I want to do. And I've got the framework for the rest. Episode one, at least the first rendition of it. Uh, I just got that finished. But uh, from here, I think it'll be concept art mm -hmm. is what I need next. I, I do know a good chunk of artists, but at this point, I think uh, based on my experience, my best avenue would be get a pitch Bible up, uh, you know, see if I can get anyone to uh, take it. It might be best just to sell it. I hate to say, well, not hate to say, sell it and just be like, I guess I, as far as it would go is I could be an idea guy that could assist in writing the script, but, you know, I don't have any uh, schooling or backing for uh, animation. Yeah, no. After doing that, like stop motion, I did. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you know what? Here's the thing. I also after doing visual effects for that last, the last sketch that we're gonna be putting out soon. It, I love it. It's mm -hmm. I love. It. It's how I started doing animations and whatnot. And, yeah. and for me, stop like VFX, like like I showed you, like and mm -hmm. that is stop. Excuse me, stop motion for me. And it takes me back, but it takes time like yeah like that animation was supposed to be done when that event happened mm -hmm. and it would have might have been might have gone viral before mm -hmm. if, it, if it if it got done then but yeah, i didn't rush the it train. what yeah for the ride the hype train yeah and then when i put it up people were like oh you're too late <laughs> i was like whatever I, I i feel proud of what i accomplished you know? yeah it was a really good foul. Was just but, and now, funny. for now, like like for forever now, I have an animation that I can point to and say, "This is what I can do with animation," and and it's better than anything I did in the past. It's it's like way better. 
mm-hmm. and it's some it's up to it's like an up to date version of my skills as an animator. You know, I, I like that. And also as a filmmaker, I think because uh, just the shots, like everything was storyboarded because I had to in order to know how to animate it right. Yeah. And put it all together because um, it's all on comp like like it's all on green screen. All like each character is animated mm. separately on green screen. Oh, it, was, wow. it was it was a mess, but it was a mess that I enjoyed. I, I it was a puzzle that yeah. I got to put together, and and it came together in it, the way that I I had hoped. And I think uh, that was good. Do you want to do you want to wrap this up, put a bow on it? Or yeah, that's yeah, because I, I feel like yeah, we're kind of yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm like looking at the camera, the mics, I'm like running out of things. I th- I feel like ninety minutes is like the the cap usually. Oh yeah. We've gone past that, which is fine. But it's like, yeah. But yeah, no. Uh, appreciate you being on the first Tom Profit podcast or whatever I call this. I think I'll probably call it that. Mm. But, uh, you know, I think in future... Call future revelations and call it the False Profit podcast. <laughs> for future... I think for future things, I feel, I feel like I should have reminded you in the beginning, like, this is my fault. Like, like to kind of open yourself up to the camera. I should have done this too. Mm-hmm. I think... I think maybe like when the next one I do, I'll probably have just do chairs, no table because I feel like that separated us I had so fancy much. Fancy chairs, yeah, that probably would have worked better. I should, fancy I chairs. I got that. my raccoon up on the wall. I was I was just going for like what looked cool, but I think um, yeah, I think in I the got future, a raccoon holding a coffee cup and a couple hundred dollar bills <laughs> on the wall in there. You are not beating him, and he's wearing a raccoon hat. You know, I'm impressed how long these have lasted. Like I wasn't sure. Because I'm I'm gonna be using this to record weddings. Oh yeah, and they've so, got a good battery life. Yeah. and these are rechargeable batteries. That was yeah. so that's good. Um, but you yeah, know, I think uh, so. This is David Olson, Thomas Prophet. How how, how how can they? Let's plug you. How can they reach you? I guess I don't know, if you want them to know. Don't find me. Don't find them. Don't okay. contact me. <laughs> I was never here. Okay. Um. No, what? Biozod, Instagram, B-Y-O-Z-A-W. Is that how you spell it? Yeah, B-Y-O-Z-A-W. Okay. Yeah, yeah on Instagram. We'll add links in the description if you want. I start streaming on Twitch. Gonna pick up all those other media things that I tell myself I do, but then don't because I'm afraid of what people will think of me. So I invite a random stranger into my house. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, uh, another thing was I think... Uh, the, I think the lens wasn't wide enough, like to like have a like to feel like it was in mm-hmm. like 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 close to us. You can always just release the audio. Well, no, I think I'm I'm gonna still release it like this. I think. Why am, I, why am I still talking about this while we're we're still recording? All right. Because then the after show. Thank, thanks for watching. Uh, this is Tom Profit, and you'll find my podcast in three weeks. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Thanks for listening or watching. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. For notes and links to things mentioned on the show, my films, the video version of the podcast, or select the clips from each episode, go to ProfitableProductions.com backslash podcast. Profitable is spelled like my name with two Fs, two Ts. Also, for updates on future episodes, follow me on Instagram at TomProfitTake and at ProfitableProductions. Thanks again. Catch you on the next take.